Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. I hope you've had a great week so far and I hope that you're going to enjoy this episode. So I recently started a series on lessons I wish I would have learned sooner. So if you did check out last week's episode, you'll know that I shared some of the finance lessons that I wish I'd learned sooner, which were quite a lot, but I tried to summarize them to seven. And in today's episode, as you can see from the title, I'm going to be sharing some lessons on love I wish I had learned sooner. I did a poll on my Instagram stories last week asking my followers to help me to decide what I should do next in the series and the choice of today was for lessons on love. I'm definitely going to work my way through the other categories I wanted to go through but here we are today. I did have a feeling that love would win because I know that everyone loves love even if they don't want to admit it and I know I like hearing about love. I love hearing people's stories and their journeys. I just find it really interesting. So I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode some lessons that I wish I'd learned sooner. Again, there were quite a few but I really had to dig deep to summarize them because I didn't want to just share the conventional or even things that I already knew. I really had to kind of dig deep a little bit to think about what were some of the things that would have made my life easier had I learned them sooner. So I've summarized it to seven. Again, that wasn't even planned. Um, I'd just gotten to the end of my list and it was actually seven. Initially it was eight, but I realized one of the points that I wrote down was very similar to another. So I just kind of merged them together. So I'm gonna get straight into it. And once again, I wanna learn from you guys. What were some of the lessons that you wish you'd have learned sooner? I also put up a question box on my Instagram stories last week asking you guys to share the lessons on finances you wish you'd learned, which was very interesting. Some of the main things that people shared were wishing that they'd learned to start saving sooner because, you know, adulthood comes with expenses and responsibilities that, you know, we didn't realise we'd have. Um, Another person shared about learning about credit and understanding how that works. Um, What was the other things? There was quite a lot on saving. That was (laughs) a, a very similar theme throughout credit was another factor and also learning about how credit cards can be beneficial if used properly so it was quite interesting to get your feedback and your responses so once again once this episode is out or if if you're listening to it then it's definitely out look out for my instagram stories i will be doing another question box and i want to know from you what are some of the lessons of love that you wish you'd have learned sooner And if you missed the question box, feel free, drop me a DM. I love having conversations with you guys about the episodes and what you've learned and what you've taken away. The first thing that I wish I would have learned sooner is how our ability to be vulnerable affects our communication in our relationships. I mean, we all know that communication is important and that it's vital in building any kind of relationship. But for me, I didn't know how much vulnerability was required in a romantic relationship in order to have that clear communication. Because yes, it's very easy to communicate about things that you don't necessarily feel an emotional attachment to, or things that aren't that sensitive or personal, or that you carry some sort of emotional attachment to. So communicating about simple things is easy, sharing about your hobbies and some of your experiences that were quite light and not so traumatic is so easy to do, but coming to the point of having to be vulnerable and how that affects our communication was something that I didn't know until I got married. And it was definitely one of those things that I found difficult in the beginning, you know, learning to open up and share things that I wouldn't have normally shared with anyone else. And I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to 
being vulnerable with anyone. That wasn't something that was in my nature. That wasn't something that came easy to me and it was very difficult. And I think if we're also too afraid to dig deep and express ourselves, it's gonna be very difficult for us to articulate our expectations in the relationship, desires that we may have, or even showing a more intimate side of ourselves that other people don't see. So that's definitely one of the things that I wish I had known, you know, just about the level of vulnerability that is required for us to have effective communication in our relationship. Because you may be saying one thing, but perhaps there's other sides of your feelings or your thoughts that you're not really sharing. And maybe you're not sharing that because you're afraid to be vulnerable with that person. Maybe you're afraid of how they're gonna perceive you or how they're gonna judge you, or that they may think you're too sensitive or that you may even be misunderstood. There's so many reasons why we withhold our vulnerability. And that was definitely a word that was not in my vocabulary when I was single. So getting married and also reading the book by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, that was a really good book. That definitely introduced the word vulnerability to me. It was something that I knew about, but it gave me a different way of expressing it and understanding it. So I definitely recommend that book, by the way, really good. I think I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but that's definitely a lesson I wish I would have learned sooner because I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't understand the level of vulnerability and openness that is required. And it's definitely one of those things that a lot of people shy away from, not everyone one presents that that vulnerable side of them in their relationships but I do think that when you can show up and truly be yourself whether it's good the bad that the parts of you that you know you may be ashamed of or you may be insecure about when you're really able to show up as yourself it really does affect the intimacy in your relationship in such a great way because you're able to establish a connection with that person that you don't have with anyone else and when I say intimacy I'm not even just talking about sex but I'm talking about that that connection that you have with that person when you're truly able to be yourself flaws and all and really just be comfortable and free and just feel at peace and home in that relationship that's the best way that I can describe it it really just makes such a difference in the relationship so that's the first thing that I wish I would have learned sooner And I wish I was just more mentally prepared for. It's definitely not something anyone shared with me or advised me before I got married, but it's definitely something I always mention to people when they ask me about tips for marriage or when they themselves are embarking on that journey. Now, the second lesson on love I wish I had learned sooner was about love languages. Now, most people know about love languages. (laughs) Most people that know about them has never actually read the book, but you've probably done the test or you've heard about it. And I would recommend reading the whole book, not just doing the test but reading the book now love languages and the theory behind it is not perfect there's definitely room for criticism but what I would say is that for me reading the five love languages by Gary Chapman really helped me because it helped me to understand myself a little bit better and it also helped me to be able to kind of articulate how I feel loved and put it into words because I think when it comes to matters of the heart when it comes to our emotions and even being able to express that to someone else it can be quite difficult and sometimes in your head something is so clear but when it comes to actually voicing that to someone else it can be quite difficult to articulate but for me reading the five love languages and understanding a bit more about the concept and even being able to identify with certain things I was like yeah do you know what this 
makes a lot of sense. I would say for me, especially when I first read it, quality time was a top of my list. And even five years later, after reading the book, that still remains one of my love languages. Quality time is so important to me. I'm someone that, you know, you can get me gifts, but if we don't have quality time, it's not as significant and as important for me. I would say though, with time, we change as people. So maybe what may be your primary love language today, five years from now may not be the same because as our needs change and our lives change, sometimes the things that we desire or the way that we feel connected to others can also change. Um, Something that wasn't important to me when I was single was acts of service. I did not care about acts of service. And even when I read it and I did the test, it was one of those love languages that was very low on my list. Again, when I did that, I was single. I wasn't living with my husband. So there's a lot of things that was very theory-based in my head when I did the test. But once we got married and, you know, life happened and I'm in the busy swing of things, I realized that, you know what, acts of service is a lot more important to me now than it was when I was single. So it just goes to show how our circumstances and changes in life can affect how we feel loved. So for me, reading the five love languages definitely helped me to understand that better, not only about myself, but at the time me and my boyfriend now husband we read it together and he you know shared for him what he felt his love languages were and from time to time it's definitely one of those books that we refer back to certain things we learned one of the things that is spoken about in the book is about the idea that we all have a love tank so if you were to let's say rate your love tank out of 10 or out of 100 percent and you were to express to your partner, let's say out of 10, how your love tank is right now in the relationship. So from time to time, we'll ask each other, you know, how is your love tank? And I'll ask, or he will ask, and we'll share, and give some of the reasons why. And it's always a great conversation starter, and it's always a great way to kind of initiate that conversation of, let's talk, (laughs) without saying, let's talk. Because I feel like whenever you start a conversation with, I need to talk to you, or let's talk, it can feel quite tense. And if you're anything like me, my brain goes, on overdrive and I start thinking crazy things and I start thinking it's something really bad and it's always worse in my head than reality so it's for us asking each other you know what's your love language from time to time is such a great way for us to kind of go back to to basics in our relationship and really just see whether we're both on the same page how we're both feeling in the relationship and having those sometimes awkward but necessary conversations about it I think it would have definitely helped me more when I was single just to kind of have a better understanding of myself if I had learned that sooner. And even in terms of my relationships with others and my friendships, because I don't feel like the love languages is just limited to a romantic relationship. I do think that it's also very applicable in our friendships as well, because sometimes the way that we feel loved with our partner is similar to how we are with our friends as well. You know, it might not necessarily be, you know, (laughs) physical touch, but with other aspects, it may be very similar. So I think it would have definitely helped me to kind of be a bit more emotionally intelligent and understanding myself better had I learned about it sooner. Um, Third thing, (laughs) and I'm sure a lot of people, if you are in a relationship or even if you're single, you probably can relate to this one. I wish I had learned not to make assumptions about things I haven't clearly communicated to my husband. You know, men are not mind readers, women are not mind readers. And I think sometimes we kind of get into this mindset of, you know, if this person loves me, if they know me well enough, they would just know what I want or they'll just know what I'm thinking or feeling. And I've really had to learn, especially in the first year of marriage, that listen, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions about anything. If you've not clearly communicated something to your partner, 
do not make the assumption that they are automatically going to know, that they're automatically going to understand, but communicate, say it clearly. Don't be just dropping hints because as women, a lot of the times we love to drop our hints. And unfortunately, sometimes men just don't pick up the hints. So I had to learn, Peter K, be clear in your communication. I'm gonna be, I wanna give you an example. So I think it was our second anniversary yeah, it wasn't our first, it was our second, I believe. And I said to my husband that, oh, I don't really want a gift for, for this anniversary, I'm not really bothered. And he actually literally took that as me not wanting a gift. And I remember I got him a gift and when it came now for my gift, he hadn't got me anything. And I was just like, um, and he was like, but you told me you didn't want anything. And I'm thinking, I know I said I didn't want anything, but you actually got me nothing. The funny thing is my husband is one of those people that loves to give gifts. Like if you're his friend and it's your birthday, even colleagues, he'll, he'll bake a cake or he'll make, or he'll buy a gift. So for me, I just expected that he would have gotten me something guys. He got me nothing. I was so upset. And then he was upset because I was upset and it was like, but you told me you didn't want anything. And it is kind of my fault. Cause I was so adamant on not wanting anything that he really took that literally. And to be fair, overall, I actually, didn't want anything but it was just in that moment there was that slight expectation because I had gotten him a gift you know that he would have gotten me something but yeah I definitely learned um to be very very careful with my words um because yeah your partner is gonna take what you say literally sometimes so yeah definitely not making assumptions and the thing with assumptions is that when we make assumptions and those assumptions are not met, when our expectations are not met, it can create a lot of negative feelings. It can create a lot of discord in the relationship, a lot of unnecessary disagreements that if we were just a bit clear about our expectations, it could have been avoided. It could have been ironed out. So definitely don't make assumptions. Don't be thinking, oh, if he loves me, he'll know. If he knows me or she knows me, they'll know. No. Be clear in your communication. So that's definitely the third thing I wish I would have known sooner. Now, the fourth thing is when in a committed relationship, you don't have to do everything on your own and just being able to accept help. I think for me, what was quite difficult, being someone who was extremely independent, obviously I was single, so I didn't necessarily have anyone that I was dependent on per se. I mean, I lived at home, but in general, I've always been an independent person, a go-getter. And it was very difficult for me when I transitioned from single to married to kind of learn that, okay, PK, now you actually don't need to do everything on your own. You have someone there who wants to help you, who wants to support you. So allow that person to do that. For me, that was really difficult because it was so new to me and I found it difficult to kind of trust to be able to receive help. For me, naturally, I'm a giver. I love to help people. But I found that I found it very difficult to receive help because I'm so accustomed to giving help and helping others. It was very difficult for me to actually receive it in my relationship. And that was one of the things I had to learn to kind of loosen up with because in the beginning, I was trying to do so many things on my own and I was really just burning myself out unnecessarily, not because my husband didn't want to help out with certain things, but simply because I wasn't communicating it and I wasn't allowing him to help me. So I had to kind of take a step back and understand that, do you know what? I'm now in a partnership. That is one of the benefits of being in a partnership. It's being able to rely on someone, being able to depend on someone and vice versa. Having someone there who wants to support you, who has your best interests at heart 
and is open to helping you. And for me, I had to learn to be able to accept that. And it was definitely a journey and it took me a while. I'd say that it's only now in year three of marriage that I can say that I'm at a space where I'm able to communicate my needs and expectations a lot more than I was when I first got married. And even now, I definitely say that I am the queen of accepting help, (laughs) you know, so even something as small as cooking, I don't do all the cooking. I do like 90%, but at least once a week or twice a week, or even three times sometimes, I ask for you to cook. So when I'm creating the schedule of what I'm going to cook for the week, I'm like, okay, what day can you cook this week? I'm not trying to do everything on my own. There's certain like cleaning tasks around the house that I do not do. That's Theo's responsibility. And it's just little things like that that seem so small that just makes such a difference to how we feel, even just our time and our schedule. So learning to accept help and being open to that was definitely something I wish I had learned sooner. It would have made my transition to marriage a lot easier. And I would have definitely felt a lot less burnt out coming towards the end of my first year of marriage because I had mastered it then. I hope that you are enjoying the episode so far. Don't worry, we are going to get into some juicier things. (laughs) I know that some of you are here for some other topics, but if you are enjoying this episode and you haven't already liked or subscribed to the channel, please do so subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the latest podcast episodes. Now back to it. So the next lesson that I wish I would have learned sooner was about sex and intimacy. This is definitely one of those areas that can be quite taboo. I am a Christian and growing up, going to church and being very active within the Christian community, within church, sex was definitely an area that was quite one-sided in terms of the lessons that you were learned. Thinking back to even my upbringing, me and my mum never really had or my dad never had a conversation about sex. I cannot remember any conversation about sex at all. And now I look back at, you know, the generation that my parents come from, I understand why we never had those conversations, but I do wish that we would have had those conversations because I think it is really important to have. And if and when I have children, I would definitely make it a point to have that conversation, even if it's awkward. But yeah, so sex and intimacy was one of those things. And growing up in the church, you'd often hear about sex being just for marriage or when you did hear about sex, it was always from a negative standpoint. There wasn't really a two-sided coin of, you know, yes, sex is for marriage, but in marriage, it should be beautiful. It should be this or it should be that. I definitely feel that the message was very superficial and it didn't go deep enough in the sense of really understanding about how important sex is in a relationship, in a marriage, and learning more about even, even going back to school, being able to understand the human body and the biological side of things. Of course, maybe in school it would have been as appropriate. But for me, one of the things that I definitely wish I would have learned sooner in the area of sex and intimacy is really just knowing the importance of educating yourself. I think a lot of us, our understanding about sex is either based on our experience, based on our friend's experience or people that we've spoken to, pornography, based on things we've watched in the media. And a lot of the times those experiences or that information isn't always necessarily healthy or realistic. For example, if you're someone that has watched a lot of pornography for most of your life, you will know that, okay, maybe you don't know, you haven't realized it, but porn is fake. (laughs) You know, again, porn is performance. It is 
not real. A lot of the things that you see is not real, it is staged. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, if you've watched a lot of pornography, you start to think that that's what sex should look like. And it can have such a negative effect when it actually comes to the time of having sex with your partner. So I wish that I had learned sooner about the importance of educating ourselves on understanding how sex actually works. I know that sounds so silly and you may think that, and a lot of people even think, oh, it's not that important because you'll figure it out. But sex is definitely not something just everyone can figure out. If that was the case, everyone would be having amazing sex in their marriages, in their relationships, and that is not the case, unfortunately. And that's why for me now, I definitely say education is important. And I know leading up to me getting married, I knew that my understanding and knowledge on sex and experience on sex was very, very limited. And I wanted to learn more, but in the right way. So one of the books that I read was called The Act of Marriage. It is a Christian book. But what I loved about the book was that it didn't only speak about the faith side of sex, but it spoke about the biological side. And there's so many things that I learned about sex and the female anatomy and the male anatomy anatomy even that I never knew before there were so many things about my own body as a female as a woman that I didn't even know and this is one of those things that can have such a huge impact on your experience with sex and I think it's also important as well for men you also need to be educated on sex because every woman is different even if you're someone who's had many sexual partners that does not mean that you are going to have a great experience with your wife it's important for you to educate yourself about the female anatomy and women it's important for us to also educate ourselves and for me reading that book showed me how ignorant I was to my own body there were so many fears and ideas that I had about sex and one of the biggest things for me was just oh it's gonna hurt it's gonna be super painful and just understanding the reasons why sex can be painful learning about things that you can do to kind of alleviate that were things that may have been common knowledge for some people but for me it was like a light bulb moment that I didn't know and honestly it's so important to educate yourself about sex but educate yourself from credible sources not just from your friends because let's be honest sometimes people can you know add some salt and pepper and some spice to their stories <laughs> and also everyone's experience is going to be different again everyone's bodies are different and sex is not just about your physical body but it's also especially for women about where is your mind at when you're actually in the act of sex and even before you get to that point it's also about having that foreplay getting your mind ready and your body ready for what is about to happen and for me learning just those things made such a difference and I really feel on reflection if I hadn't read that book if I'm honest with you 90% of my knowledge about sex <laughs> and intimacy in marriage was from that book and it made me realize how ignorant I was so for me looking back on it now if I hadn't read that book I really wonder what that side of my marriage would look like and honestly I don't think it would have been that great had I not read that book because there's so many things when we got to certain bumps we went back to the book, we read it together and it was like, yeah, this makes sense now. So honestly, I think it's very important to be transparent about this area with your partner. If you are married uh, or that's something that you desire someday, or let's say maybe you're not a Christian, but you are in a relationship and you are having sex, 
it's very important for you to educate yourself in this area and also be willing to explore and learn more about your partner. Don't just assume that just because so-and-so back in the day liked this or that doesn't mean your partner is going to like that or because you saw this on this video or this person told you this or that. Remember that everyone is different. So it's really important for you to both be willing to explore, be willing to learn. And it's definitely one of those um, subjects that you have to be transparent about. So, so again, going back to the transparency side of things, sex and intimacy is definitely an area in your relationship that you're gonna need to be transparent about. There's this common you know, joke within our society about women faking it. And unfortunately it's true, a lot of women fake it. And that's one thing that I always said to myself at the beginning, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be open and honest with my husband and I want him to be the same with me. So even in that area, you've gotta be transparent. If there's certain things that you don't like or it's just not working for you be transparent in love you know be gracious with it but be open and honest about it because faking it pretending that you like something is only going to damage the intimacy in your relationship so really learning to be transparent is so important so this was definitely an area that I wish I had learned more about sooner because yeah I was ignorant <laughs> I'm gonna be honest I was very very ignorant there's a lot of things that I didn't know but if that is an area that you also lack knowledge on and you want to know some more resources, feel free to drop me a DM. But some of the books, especially that book in particular that I mentioned, The Act of Marriage, amazing book. Even if you're not a Christian, I'd still recommend reading it, at least for the biological side, because there's a lot that I spoke about that you probably don't even know yourself. Even things like Kegel exercises, so basically it's like pelvic exercises for women, that's another thing I had no idea about. And even understanding that, you know, as you get older, your body's gonna change, your bones change, and going through things like menopause or having children, all of these changes can have an impact on your sex life, can have an impact on your libido, can have an impact on even your physical anatomy. So there's just so many things that unless we're intentional about seeking out the knowledge for it, we're not gonna know. And I just think it's very important for us to make it our responsibility to educate ourselves, not just about personal finances, but also about sex in a healthy context. So yeah, so that's definitely one of the big ones that I wish I would have learned sooner. Even with things such as orgasms. Yeah, I know it's a little bit, we're going a little bit more deeper today in the podcast, but I think it's important to mention orgasms is one of those things people don't really talk about, especially for women. And I, as I was reading the book, there's so much that I learned that there's women that have never experienced an orgasm in their life and they've been married for decades. And just reading that was like, oh wow. So like all these movies that I've seen and pornography I watched in the past growing up, that was all deception. So even understanding why these things do happen and understanding that everyone's body is different and that certain things aren't as straightforward as others and it does sometimes take longer for women to have orgasms just understanding the biological side of it and how our hormones and stimulation can impact on these things was very very eye-opening for me but I thought I'd slip that last one in because it's important to mention now moving on to the next thing I wish I had learned sooner about love was about finances and just how finances can have a huge impact on your relationship but this is one of those things that we can mitigate, you know, 
it's natural that it can have an impact on your relationship, but it doesn't have to necessarily be the case for you. It can be mitigated. And I think one of the things that I wish I'd learned sooner was just about how important it is for us to communicate with our partners in this area, whether it's about certain habits that we may have or goals that we may have concerns that we may have maybe about how your partner is spending or how they're being responsible or not being responsible with their money or maybe pressure that you may feel it's just so important for you to build constant communication in your relationship when it comes to communicating about finances if you are married or if your finances are merged together in some way communicate plan together make time you know dedicate time that you actually discuss your financial goals, your budgets, concerns that you may have, action plans that you want to create to help you to achieve your goals. Really just make it a normal aspect of your relationship. Just as you communicate about other things, make finances one of those topics that isn't taboo for you, that isn't one of those topics you sweep under the carpet until a big issue arises, but make it a norm for you to have transparent conversations with your partner about finances. Because if you're able to be on the same team and get on the same page in this area, it's going to make your relationship so much smoother. And it's also gonna help you to learn how to work together. Because again, you're both gonna have different ways of dealing with things. You're both gonna have different ideas, but it's also gonna help you to be able to work together in a way that works for both of you. Now, the last thing, I actually thought I would have taken longer with this episode, so I'm quite proud of myself. But I say this now, but it might take forever on the (laughs) the next point. So do bear with me. The last lesson on love I wish I had learned sooner is just the importance of character. And I'm glad that I learned this lesson before I got married because, you know, otherwise I might have made the wrong decision, right? But yeah, character is so important. So the lesson, if I can summarize it in a sentence, is that the importance of the character of the person that you choose to marry, that you choose to be in a committed relationship with, this should be one of the most important things on your list. Most of us have a list of things that we desire, characteristics in our future partner, in our ideal partner, whatever. And character needs to be at the top of your list. And now having married my husband and just seeing how he has treated me over the years, it's really made me understand how important character is. I mean, it was something that was important to me and it was one of the things that determined me even accepting to be his girlfriend and of course, you know, accepting to marry him. But for me, his character was one of the things that really attracted me to him. Just seeing how he was very honest, very transparent, how he was just the same everywhere. He wasn't the kind of person that he'll be one person in one scenario, completely different person elsewhere. Of course, we will have, you know, natural social cues that change. But in terms of his character as a person, he is someone that is very honest. Like if he tells me the sky is blue, I know the sky is blue. He's not someone that's, you know, a pathological liar that I can't trust anything he says. And it really just was one of those things that made me feel and makes me feel safe in the relationship. Choosing to love someone, accepting to love someone, embarking on a journey of marriage and even just being in a relationship, it really does require a lot of faith. It really does require a lot of trust because it leaves you open to being hurt. It leaves you open to experiencing heartbreak. And I know for me, I don't like pain. (laughs) I don't like physical pain. And I definitely do not like heartbreak or rejection. So for me, 
being able to see his character for who he is and just seeing how much of a a transparent and stand-up guy he is for me that gave me more confidence to be able to say okay I know that some men are trash but this is a good man <laughs> you can trust him and honestly that was very hard for me sometimes I'd get random thoughts in my head like oh but what if he's lying what if he's pretending to be this this nice guy you know maybe there's some skeletons he's hiding and that was definitely <laughs> something I had to battle with myself because for a long time I didn't trust men and in my head all men were the same so it was really hard for me to kind of remove that mentality and see him for who he was and not judge him based on my previous experiences or experiences of others that I'm close to I had to kind of judge him based on who what he was showing me and what he was saying to me as well what his actions were revealing to me but honestly I just want to stress how important character is and I really worry about this younger generation because so much of their focus is just on status, on money, on clout and honestly character overrides money, character overrides clout, character overrides status because all of those things can be lost in a moment but character is something that's going to stay with you whether you go through good times or bad, you are marrying, you are committing to that person's character because the money they have today they can lose it or they can gain even more but their character is the person who you're going to be arguing with the character is the person you're going to have disagreements with the character is the person you're going to you're not always going to see eye to eye with and this is a factor that's so important one of the things that I really really loved about my husband is the fact that he's someone that if he's made a mistake about something if he's wrong he's willing to admit as much as he may not like to but he's willing to admit when he's wrong he's willing to openly apologize and for me that was important because it wasn't always something that I saw in men I'd see I'd see that a lot of men that when they did make mistakes they wouldn't verbalize and say that they were sorry about it maybe they might buy something but he was someone that if he's made a mistake, he'll admit, you know what, I was wrong, you were right. <laughs> Even if he's embarrassed to admit, he would. And also just seeing how open he was to my suggestions about things. You know, if I was to tell him that he did something or said something that hurt me, he'd be open to taking it on board and examining himself about it. And looking back now in hindsight, I see how important that is. Because in life, you're going to go through challenges. You're going to go through difficulties with your partner. And it's important for them to have a good character. It's important for them to be someone that's emotionally intelligent. Or even that they're someone that's willing to work on their own issues. Because we all have our issues. We all have our baggage, our traumas and difficulties we've experienced in life. That will have an impact on how we're able to connect with others. So I just think understanding now and looking back over almost now the last four years that I've been married, if I was to do this journey again, I would still do it this way and I would ensure that character was at the top of my list because it's just so important. It makes such a big difference to the marriage. Even if you look at things like infidelity, it speaks a lot about someone's character. Of course, we're all capable of falling into temptation. No one is perfect, but sometimes there are certain aspects of someone's character that can make them more prone or likely to be someone that's gonna cheat. And I just think looking at all of those things holistically is important. Of course, no one is perfect. We all have our issues, we all have our flaws. But 
just ensure that if you are single and you are, you know, you would like to get married in the future, you would like to have a life partner in future, then just ensure that character, that person's character is also on the list of, you know, essentials for you and also for yourself. It's one thing to want someone that has a good character, but you also need to be someone that has a good character. So for me, these were the seven lessons about love that I wish I had learned sooner. There's other things that I could add, but just to summarize it for the main things, it would be these seven. And I wanna know what are some of the things that you wish you'd learned sooner about love? Is there anything that I've shared today that you can relate to or that you maybe agree or disagree with? Let me know don't be shy. Let's continue the conversation outside of the episode. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode, that you've learned something, that you've taken something away with you. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. If you haven't already left a rating or a review, please do so. It would mean so much to me. And once again, have a great rest of your week and I'll be back with you in the next episode.